My name is Sarah Gregory, and I am one of the pastors on staff here at The Bridge. And I am excited to be here with you on what is the last Sunday of the decade. And I spent a lot of time in the last few weeks trying to think of what an appropriate message to give for the last Sunday of the decade is. I was trying to think of what is going to help us love God and love others well in the coming year. And the answer that kept coming to me is not that new for many of us, but it is profound. We need to hear again and again that God loves us exactly as we are, exactly as we are in this moment. And he loves us so much that he wants to be near us and he wants to connect with us and hear our frustrations and our joys and to meet us in our need. But as I was preparing this sermon this morning, the question kept coming up to me, do we even know what we need? Do you know what you need? Because if I'm honest about my own experience, I have often gotten so busy or so finding ways to numb my need or minimizing the things that I need that I don't really know what I need. And I don't then know my dependence on God in very real ways. And I don't really give myself the space to receive what I need. And many of us in this room are fortunate enough to have our basic needs for food and for safety and for shelter met. And so we need to take some time to actually consider what it is we need because it may not be evident right away. And so as we come to the scripture reading for today, we're going to see a couple of people who really deeply are aware of their need for Jesus. And I just invite you throughout this sermon and throughout the next week to ask that question. Be courageous enough to ask the question, what you need and what you need from God specifically. Because it's often in these places of our deepest need that we actually receive and experience the love of God the deepest. And experiencing that love of God so deeply is what's going to enable us to love our neighbors and love our family and love God well. So before I read the story today, would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would illuminate these words this morning. I pray that you would bring life to this story so that we may see the heart of Jesus clearly. God, we believe that these words and the stories in Scripture still have something to speak to us today. So would you open our hearts and our minds to receive it? And God, we ask that as we enter a new year, that you would draw us each closer to you, that you would make us aware enough of our need that we would turn to you again to receive. And as we turn to you, I pray that you would encounter us with the depth of your goodness and your love in new ways. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. And what's going on before our passage today is that Jesus has been traveling to a bunch of towns all around the Sea of Galilee. So he's just been getting on a boat and going from place to place. And as he goes, he's been healing people. So he's healed people of leprosy. He's enabled a paralyzed man to walk again. He's been casting out demons and freeing people from very real bondage and suffering. And because of that, people are following him everywhere to see what he's going to do next. And so that's where we start our story this morning. So hear the word of the Lord. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. 
So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, then I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembled, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out of the room, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with them and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Ka'um, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders to, let, to not let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as the story begins, Jesus has literally just gotten off a boat and already there are just people everywhere. And one of those people is Jairus. Now Jairus is a dad a dad who loves his little girl and loves her enough that he's pressed through a whole crowd of people and literally got down and begged Jesus to come with him because his daughter was sick enough that everyone knew she was dying and she was getting worse fast. She had very little time and so Jesus immediately left with him. So they're going to Jairus' house and the crowds continue to follow Jesus to see this next miraculous thing take place but suddenly Jesus stops. And now this is not the time for stopping. There is a little girl who needs immediate attention and every moment counts. But Jesus stops and says that he felt someone touch him. He asks who it was, which is obviously a ridiculous question because there are people everywhere and he is being bumped up against from all sides. The disciples and Jairus are exasperated. They need to keep moving. But Jesus stopped. Because there was a woman, a woman who had been suffering for 12 years, who had been in pain that whole time. And on top of all of her physical pain, she had been deemed unclean under the law for 12 years because she had been bleeding. And so because of that, she was technically not allowed to touch anyone for 12 years. She was not allowed to go to the temple to worship. And so she was deeply lonely and disconnected. And this woman needed healing. She was desperate. She was desperate, but she wasn't dying. But there was a little girl who was. 
And Jesus needed to save that little girl. And when I read this story this week, this was the part that kept sticking out to me because honestly, the situation with Jairus' daughter seems so much more urgent and so much more important if we're weighing them against each other. There's a little girl on her deathbed, and it seems like Jesus should have been hustling to get there, not stopping to respond to this woman who actually had already been healed. If you noticed in the story, the healing happened before Jesus stopped for her. He could have kept moving. It shocked me because Jesus did not compare her situation to someone else's and deem it less important. He created space for her. He stopped for her, and he looked at her and honored her need. And she had actually been terrified that he would be angry. The text says that she was terrified, and she knew that by, t- by touching the robe of the rabbi while she was unclean, she actually would have made him unclean. So she was expecting a rebuke. She was worried that he was going to get angry at her for asking and be, that he would be upset with her. But he not only healed her physically, he stopped in order to see her. And he actually refused to keep moving on until he had blessed her and interacted with her. The text said he kept looking around. And he loved this woman, and he loves you. He loved this woman, and he called her daughter. He stopped for her, even though he had other important things to do and people who needed him. See, there's so much, there's so much going on in this world that is objectively more urgent and more important than the things going on in my life. And I am aware of that. There are people starving and people who physically are not safe because there's war in their country. There are people battling terminal conditions and people who are facing deep injustice that's keeping them from any quality of life, all of which are much bigger and much more urgent than anything going on in my life and maybe bigger than things going on in your life as well. But God's capacity to care is not limited. God's capacity for compassion is not reserved for those who have it the worst off. God cares about the needs of others, but he also cares about your needs. So let me ask you again today, do you know what you need? One of the things that I love about this congregation is that so many of you are willing to serve and to give generously and to love sacrificially, to give your time and your resources, because we know that as a congregation, we have been deeply blessed. We are deeply privileged. And we know that we are blessed to be a blessing. And that is a real and important part of responding to the gift that God has given us to serve and be generous and love sacrificially. But let me tell you that dismissing and diminishing your own need is not a faithful way to honor the needs of other people. Maybe it would be if God were finite. Maybe it would be if God were working with the same limited capacity that we are, but he is not. God so deeply wants us to know his love for us. He wants to be able to stop for us and look us in the eye and show us kindness and compassion so that we can continue to pour out love from an overflow of the love that we keep receiving from God. So you are invited to keep coming to God with your needs without comparing them to the needs of other people so that God can demonstrate his compassion for you. In the story that we just read, Jesus' compassion and the time that he spent with this woman who needed healing and honor and love 
did not stop Jesus from healing the little girl because God does not have finite resources, but we do. We have a finite amount of time. We have a finite amount of capacity. We are needy people. And to any of you that are here that know me well, that is not something that I like to admit. I would much rather go through my life not needing other people and not even needing God, if I'm honest. In fact, a couple of years ago, I did something pretty dumb. Um, I decided to buy myself a queen mattress because I felt like I had reached that stage of adulthood where it was no longer appropriate to be sleeping in a twin bed. And so I ordered a, a queen mattress to be delivered to my house and a, and a bed frame for it and all that. And I had five roommates who would have been willing to help me carry the mattress into my house and up the stairs and put the bed together. I had two parents that lived 20 minutes away that would have driven over that helped me carry the mattress up the stairs and into my room. But I did not call them. I carried the queen mattress into the house, up two flights of stairs, into my bedroom. I carried up the bed frame, put everything together, got the bed together all by myself. Thank you very much. But I hurt my back pretty badly in the process because I am not superwoman. And you are not super people. You are not superhuman. You have finite capacity. And I hate it, I really do. I hate that I need eight hours of sleep. I hate that I need to exercise to maintain my body. I hate that I need to actually set time aside to pray and be with God, because it seems like I should be able to pray at all times on every occasion, and that should be good to go and help me be more efficient and help other people. This is what I want to be true. But I know that I am finite and needy, and it's okay, because we are actually made to need God. And so we need in this next year to create spaces and order our lives in a way that honors our limitations and creates the space to receive what you need from God. Because what happens when you don't do that, what happens when you don't create the space to receive from God from yourself, for yourself is that you actually end up running around on fumes all the time and calling it faithfulness. And I just don't think that that's the appropriate response to a God who shows this much compassion. Because what we see in this story from Jesus is that he is quick to respond of the needs of, quick to respond to the needs of people who ask him. He goes immediately with Jairus to heal his daughter. He stops for this woman, not just to heal her, but to meet her need of being seen and honored and restored to society. Jesus is compassionate and kind, and he loves you, and he cares about what you need. So do you know what you need? Some needs are more obvious and might be easier to name, right? Some of us do need relief from physical pain, or we need comfort in the midst of grief. Some of us do need God to come through for us in our finances or meet our, our basic physical needs, but for others of us, the needs are a little bit harder to pin down and a little bit harder to name. Maybe what we actually need is a sense of affirmation that we're loving our kids and our family well. Maybe what we need is more space to rest so that the places in us that are running on empty can be restored. Maybe we need a break from the sense that we always have to protect and provide for other people when we really want to be protected and provided for ourselves. Maybe we need a fresh encounter with grace this year so that we have a sense of assurance that we're not failing at our goals. 
Maybe we need relief from anxiety or depression or a sense of hopelessness that won't go away. Or maybe what we need is a new attitude to, and new energy to love our family and our neighbors well. Do you know what you need? Because you do need something. And God is gracious and generous and kind and wants us to tell him what we need. Though, I will say, he does not always respond to us in the time or the way that we want him to. And that's the other part of the story. Jairus experienced that. He asked for something from Jesus and then was disappointed because there's, there's a point in this story where all Jairus knows is that he asked Jesus to come and heal his daughter and Jesus decided to stop and because he did, his daughter died. And there may be some of you here who have asked God for specific things that you needed and he didn't meet that need in the way that you wanted. You may have asked for healing for yourself or someone else and didn't receive it. Or you may have asked for rest or relief from anxiety and it felt like it never came. Or you may have asked for space to rest and literally the demands of life have kept any of that from happening. And to you, I do not pretend to have a satisfying answer. I have places in my own life that I have experienced the same thing and that is still true for me, that I have not gotten what I feel like I needed And so I do not want to gloss over the grief and the anger and the confusion that come in those spaces. And I'm not going to tell you to keep just having more faith and asking. But I wonder today if God's invitation to you is to just take the risk to keep telling him what you need. To keep acknowledging and naming the places where it feels like you have needs that are not being met and just reopen the conversation with God. And that takes courage. It does. But this new year and the new decade is a good time to re-engage these things with God. It's a good time to consider both what you need and how you need to order your life in such a way that you are living in sane rhythms of work and rest. To consider how to order your life in a way to create space to receive what you need from God so that when you try to love other people and you try to love God well, You do it from a sense of overflow or a sense that your needs have not been neglected. Now, I know that some of us may not know quite where to start with this. It sounds really nice to like take space to be with God and tell him this is what I need and everything will be nice and jolly. But I don't think that that's how some of us are entering this space. We don't know what we need and we don't know how to figure out what we need. And so to you, I just want to offer a tool. I have found that one of the best places for me to start is to have some questions to reflect on with God. Maybe with someone else. If you don't know how to do it with God, you can take these questions and process it with someone else too. And God is in the midst of that. But one of the tools that people in the church have used for hundreds of years is called the examine. And it's a set of questions that will help you look back on your day or your week or your year with the help of the Holy Spirit to shine light on where you feel like God has been present or where he has felt absent. And it can help you start to see or articulate what you need from God. And one of my favorite finds of this last year is this app. And I know that it's cliche for the millennial up here to recommend an app to you, but this one's really great. Um, Reimagining the examine is what it's called. And it has different sets of questions for different seasons of your life or different things that you need to process. There's one about helping you make decisions, asking you questions that will help you think through different things for a big decision. Or there's one that helps you reflect on 
your relationship with God and others and yourself. There's one that helps you look back over the day or the week and notice where you have felt depleted. There's lots of different options in this app, and it's a good place to start. It's free to download on your phone, and it's, it's, a, it's a really good tool. So I just recommend that to you if you're sitting here this morning and you don't know even where to begin knowing what you need. But it's important that you try to sit with what you need because God cares what you need. He's not weighing your need against the need of anyone else. And you are invited today and going into this new year to acknowledge with Jesus that you have finite resources. You are needy. You need things from God. And you are dependent on him. And Jesus, in those places, like he did with the woman in the story, Jesus will stop for you. He will stop in the midst of the chaos. He will turn his face towards you, his child who he loves. And he will respond to you in the midst of your need, just as he does with Jairus, just as he does with the woman, and just as he ultimately does with the little girl. Because he is a God who is gracious and generous and kind. And he cares about what you need, and he longs for you to turn to him to demonstrate his love for you because it's from that place of experiencing the love of God that we are going to be able to learn how to love our neighbors well. It's where we learn how to worship well. When we fully receive the gift that God has given us, we extend that love out of an overflow. So I invite you in the next couple weeks to take some time with this question, to risk being with God in that space and see how he stops for you. Would you pray with me? God, we acknowledge today that it has been a crazy season. And maybe it's been a crazy season for a long time. And we are not very aware of what we need. And we are not even very hopeful that you are going to give us what we need. So we confess that to you. And we ask, God, that your Holy Spirit would increase our expectation. Increase our expectation for how much you want to shower love and shower grace how much you want to look us in the eye and give us what we need, God. Would you increase our expectation for that? And I pray that you would increase our courage to be able to carve out the space to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen.